Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's close up with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill. The two-minute drill. Okay, Dan, so some roster um, nuts and bolts. I think Lucas Patrick to injured reserve, Larry Borum in concussion protocol as of Thursday's practice, Byron Pringle eligible to be active on Sunday, I believe. Uh, what? Where does this leave Riley Reef? Where does this leave um, anyone else on the offensive line who might get an opportunity because of the situation? What can you tell us about the depth chart? Well, now all eyes are on Alex Leatherwood as well, right? Like, who's going to start at right tackle if Larry Borum remains in concussion protocol? Is it Leatherwood? Is it Reef? How do you figure out that decision in a week where you're trying to account for Micah Parsons for, for 60, 70 snaps in a game or whatever it may turn out to be? This is not good news. This was another double dose of bad news for an offensive line that needs to have some shred of good news at some point, right? You already have Cody Whitehair on IR. You, you've, you've had a bench Sam Mustaver, then bring him back into a starting role. You're, you, you're still kind of grooming Tevin Jenkins to be a guard after <laughs> drafting him as a tackle and trying to figure out where he fit at all on your roster. A lot of moving parts, not a great week to have a lot of moving parts. I don't know. It, it, will they lean towards Leatherwood and, and and put him in that moment on this stage against this defense? It wow. seems like a risk, wow. but, but that's a decision the coaching staff's got to make. And, and, and they've got a hard one this week with everything that's going on. So tell me I'm crazy. I, I know that I cherry-picked my stats from PFF, but they have Tevin Jenkins rated very high in their grades. I think that he might be the highest-graded Bears offensive player. Accidentally, the Bears may have stumbled onto something here. I like him at right guard. I think that he finishes blocks in a way that can be violent and nasty. And I think that when you have an offensive lineman prone to being violent and nasty, not such a bad thing. He's playing at a high level. Well, we had a chance to talk to Luke Getze today about him, and, and he complimented his play style, right? And just thought that in the Patriots game in particular, there was uh, several examples of the way that, that Jenkins finishes plays and, and, and guys are finishing runs downfield, and he's going down and knocking a defender off the pile. And so they, they see a, a player, a young player, who's still got a lot of room to grow and a lot to work on, but has bought into the, the nasty play style that they want him to utilize. And so that there's, uh, there, there's some optimism there right I don't know um, if I'd go so far as to call him their best offensive player at the same time I can't name you somebody right now that I would say 100% this guy is better right you might say Herbert you might say Montgomery you might say Mooney at this stage but uh, promising given where we were in this conversation two months ago to where we are now that, that, that he's playing with the tenacity he's playing with with the productivity he's playing with and now with an offensive line that hasn't had any stability he's the one guy that that seems to be locked in Braxton Jones at left tackle as well and 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 hopefully both of those guys can continue to grow because if they turn in to what the Bears think they can become well now you you, you don't have to use resources to readdress those positions 
easily the most important offensive player, Justin Fields. I liked hearing him talk about copying the Ravens. <laughs> I liked hearing him compare himself to Lamar Jackson and kidding that, well, you know what, Lamar Jackson is shiftier and quicker than him, but they would have to race to find out who is actually faster because maybe Justin Fields with his 4-4 speed can outrun Lamar Jackson. That said, big picture, Dan, I think this was inevitable. I think this takes advantage of a special skill set. And if you want to see Justin Fields reach his potential quicker or at all, I think you're going to have to use him as a runner the way that Luke Getze designed 10 runs for him against the Patriots. And I think you're going to see more of the same against the Cowboys. The irony is the more that you use him as a runner, I think the more you might protect him in an odd way because he is going to be able to control some of the contact and he's not going to be a sitting duck in the pocket. So oddly, he'll have to still protect himself, but maybe running the ball is the best way to keep him whole and eligible. The Bears were a mess against the Commanders from the six-yard line and in, and they called eight passing plays and 11 tries from there, and they didn't score on any of them. And so then you get to this this point on Monday night where they turn Justin loose on a designed run from the three-yard line. And, and David, re-watching it, I, I replayed it about five or six times because Justin makes a defender miss on the edge and cuts back inside. And as he gets to the goal line, cornerback Jack Jones of the Patriots – makes a business decision. If you go back and watch this in slow-mo, he moves away from Justin Fields and dives out of the way. And then I go, I go right to the Patriots roster. I was like, let me, let me see the size on this guy. And okay. He's giving up 53 pounds to the quarterback of the bears. This is stuff we used to see with Dante Culpepper, right? Where guys would be like, I am not tackling that dude in close. And, and they would get out of the way. And so that's a weapon for the bears, right? I remember when Justin was drafted going back and running the numbers and Justin Fields, at the time that he checked into the combine was the same size as Eddie George and ran the 40 yard dash, like a, a, a three tenths of a second faster. Right. So that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with Eddie George playing quarterback. And now if you can utilize that in ways that now make the, the defense be on their heels because they don't want to tackle them. That's a weapon for you. I will say this on the Lamar Jackson conversation. There were some folks in the league last year that faced the bears. And they said, if you turn on the Justin films, the Justin Fields YouTube video, it blows your mind. You go, man, the, the, the highlights here are, are breathtaking. They're hard to fathom sometimes. But then you watch the game video, and there are way too many examples where he's not elusive enough. We go back to one in New York earlier this season where he, he had an opportunity to cut a big run outside, and he ran right back into the middle and took a hit and, and, and had a game that was probably – 20 yards shorter than it could have been if he had been more elusive and had uh, uh, more of that in his game. And so the Bears want to get him to work on that if they're going to allow him to to run the ball more with designed runs. He's not like Lamar in that regard. He's not as elusive, but he is a weapon. And so now you have to figure out how to use that weapon to the best of its ability. It's uh, notable what they did on Monday night. Now, how do you replicate that in Dallas against a defense that's going to challenge you in a different way? Great observation on watching the tape a second time. And he did things well enough in New England for us to adjust our Justin Fields development meter. Yes, we have adjusted it. He has gone to concerned and somewhere between concerned and worried and maybe worse for some people. Right now, Dan, we have moved the needle because that performance did it for us. And now we are somewhere between fine and encouraged. <laughs> I'm probably more encouraged. And you said we need to get it more toward fine. But anyway, this is progress headed in the right direction. Troy Aikman would be happy with our 
conclusion. This is me giving that that uh, that status. Fine, encouraged. Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't say that lightly. I just like I, again, I've been very consistent with saying that I'm going to hold Justin to a very high standard because of what the Bears want him to be. And so for me, it's stacking these things, right? Like you can't have an encouraging half in Minnesota followed up by a stinker against the commanders followed up by a really like let's get two or three weeks of these in a row and then that needle will really start to get some some momentum going in one direction and we don't have to have it shaking back and forth like we're in the middle of an earthquake all right this was a lot of fun we have to finish up and wrap up so you can pack or unpack or repack or (laughs) where what stage you are in your travel because you've got to get to dallas for the final road game of a month that has been very trying for the Bears and for the people that cover the Bears. But also, Dan, let's face it, I, I, I almost hesitate to even go here. But if we talk again on Sunday night after a Bears upset victory, we'll be using the P word. Yes, we will be using the word playoffs. Playoffs? <laughs> playoffs? Yeah, I mean, look, like you go through this NFC, right, and you see the number of mediocre teams that are four and three or three and four and, and the struggles in Green Bay and the struggles in Arizona and the struggles here and the surprise in Seattle. And they're, they're, this conference is just wide open. So if the Bears do go and pull off an upset, yes, there is surprising relevance in their November. They are a surprise entrance into the, the playoff race in November before Thanksgiving. And so they should embrace that here. At this state, you know, a few years ago when – they were trying to convince themselves that that earning the seventh seed for the playoffs was meaningful and that it, that it was, you know, an indicator that they were headed in the right direction. That was crazy. Right. That was that was just not in touch with reality for this team at this stage. I embrace the longer you can stay in this playoff conversation and in those in the hunt graphics, because it allows this team to continue building with some positivity and climbing that staircase that we talk about and, and, and seeing where it can go. And so it would be fun if they could pull off the upset Sunday.